Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. We are continuing our book review on uh, the book 1984 by George Orwell. Today is, uh, we're doing chapter three, part one, which is pages 225 to 239 for those that have the same edition of the book as we do. Just for a recap on where we left um, Winston. We pretty much, as the audience, got the biggest plot twist of all time, or at least so far in this book. Mr. Charrington, the shop owner, was part of the Thought Police the entire freaking time. He was collecting intel until they they got the handbook, and then he called in, like, the main big Thought Police, all the Thought Police, yeah. to come in. It's like the SWAT team of thought police. They come in busting through the windows, busting through the doors, and they got Winston and Julia, and they beat the fuck out of Julia. And then Winston and Julia kind of, like, with their eyes said goodbye. I don't think they ever got to say goodbye, but they knew that they would never see each other again. And the last he saw Winston saw of Julia he, she was being hauled away head slung back because she was pretty much well she was definitely beat unconscious but possibly beat to death yeah didn't they pretty much like drag her out they did while they were dragging yeah. around her head was like yeah. upside down yes so now moving on to chapter 3 part 1 Winston found himself somewhere he did not recognize. He assumed he was in the Ministry of Love, which we know means the opposite here in 1984 land. It's more like the Ministry of Hate, and that is where the prisons are. Um, so he was in a prison. He was a high-ceiling, windowless cell with four telescreens and a bench only wide enough to sit on. Sound. I was. I thought it sounded like he was like in a holding cell. Yeah, I thought it sounded kind of pretty though because it said that it was glittering with white porcelain on the walls. That's not pretty when that's all you see. <laughs> it's just like white. Yeah. White walls. Four white walls. Nope. They're not allowed to move, or they get yelled at from the telescreen. They so he just has to like sit there with his like he said his hands on his or his knees to his like chest like his hands around his knees yeah I didn't uh, I didn't catch that part but I thought it was more like he was sitting on his hands but I guess I read it under oh maybe he was sitting on his hands I I had it as like almost fetal position but sitting up fetal position like sitting up and holding your knees to your chest oh okay but what you say makes more sense (laughs) well because I know that they and if they move even just the slightest little bit they're gonna get yeah reprimanded yes um, yeah, that is all correct. And he even thought, he remembered, he was, he was like starving. He didn't know the last time he had eaten, he was like, it has had to have been like a day ago. Because remember, he woke up and they were taking him and he had already been asleep for however many hours. And so he remembered that he might have some bread in his pocket. And P.S., who the, f- who keeps bread in their pocket? I mean, like, you might keep, nowadays, you might keep, like, a little candy in your pocket or something. But just bread? Or, like, a piece of gum or something. Bread? I, I, I was just thinking maybe it's just a very district descriptive way that George Orwell wanted to, like, show how fucked up life was for them, that they would, like, hoard bread in their pocket like that, you know? Well, because they don't really have any other options. They don't really have a lot of choices for food. Probably bread is one of the only staples they really have. Yeah, that's true. So when he reached for it, got yelled at by the telescreen that said, hands off, 
out of pockets and cells. Like, what the fuck? Who cares? I'm sure you got frisked. So, um, and then he said that he was taken to a more dirtier place before that he was taken from the dirtier place to this new place and before he was in a really crowded place with like 10 to 15 people so maybe this wasn't a holding cell maybe he already was in the holding cell and this is his new cell i i don't know or maybe they just keep moving people around and he said something interesting that um the party members all seemed scared but then the common criminals were all like just blase like yeah whatever and that's kind of how it is in prisons now i mean the the people who always go in and out don't care you know they're just like yeah and then like if me or you were to go in we'd be like super scared you know like we're, we're not meant for that yeah, because they're just probably so used to being in jail. It's not a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. And then also, they are, they've lived such a hard life. They're not living like a, a privileged life at all. So it's just normal for them, probably. But people who are part of the party, they might have more of a privileged life a little bit. Which we've seen with Winston that he does have a little bit. A little bit. So. And he's not even, like, part of the party. I mean, he is, but he's not. He's, like, at the lower, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he still has more than most. Yes. So, yeah. And it, it sounded like Winston was hoping to go into forced labor... And if you could act like a common criminal in forced labor, you would get more benefits than the political party member criminals. So it sounds like I feel like that is kind of how it is here as well, like nowadays, because it seems like people who are in prison who like are used to always being in prison, they just go there and they run it and they get privileges because they already know all the people in there, like the guards and <laughs> oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know? Well, they uh, lifers or whatever for the guards, right? Yeah, and they what just called informant. I think I don't know. Or even if they're not an informant, they just like know know everybody there better. I think in general, they know their place. Mm-hmm. They know everybody else's place. Um, there was a prostitute that came in kicking and screaming, and four guards had to throw her or had to like bring her in, like from each like one on each hand and one on each leg. You know? Yeah. And they threw this prostitute on his lap, and then she says, they don't know how to treat a lady, and then proceeds to vomit on the floor. Like, I bet Winston had, like, the biggest eyes watching all this, like, go down in front of him. Like, his eyes were probably, like, the size of freaking apples, just being like, oh my god, what (laughs) is happening? Why is this occurring? Yeah, that's pretty nasty, but, I mean... What are you going to do? You're thrown in jail or obviously drunk or something. You're going to throw up. <laughs> I guess. It was super not Just, yeah. Um, and then... So then she continues to try to, like, make small talk. And she's like, what's your, what's your name, dearie? And Winston <laughs> goes, Smith. And I literally have, oh, God, written down because she's all, Smith, said the woman. That's funny. My name's Smith, too. 
Yeah. And then she's like, why? I might be your mother. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Maybe she is. Or his sister. Or, like, God knows. But wouldn't he recognize what they look like? At least the mother, but the baby, the sister was so young that he could be passing her all the time. Remember, for a second, we thought Julia could have been his sister. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It did say that she was uh, the right age and physique to be his mother. Yeah. So that would rule out the sister. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, um, Winston never really thought about Julia. He loved her and would not betray her, but that was only a fact known as he knew the rules of arithmetic. He felt no love for her and had, and he hardly ever wondered what was happening to her, which I thought that was weird. Mm, and it's then, probably oh, too hard for him to think about her. No, I don't know, but, and then he overheard some women speaking about Room 101, but he didn't know what it was, he just heard the reference to Room 101, and then he goes on to, he he thought more about O'Brien with a flickering hope, and O'Brien already said, I'm not gonna save your ass, so sorry, mm-hmm. like, move the fuck along, you know, and so then he was hoping for that razor blade, and it was it says that um, it was more natural to exist from moment to moment, accepting another ten minutes of life, even with the certainty that there was torture at the end of it. So it's like he wouldn't even use the razor blade to kill himself. So maybe um, he would use it to try to get out, like as a weapon. No, I yeah, I'm not sure. Like I don't because remember how before we were saying like, yeah. Oh, would he use it as a weapon? Would he? Would they smuggle it in off someone else? Would they smuggle him to, to off himself? Would they smuggle it in? Like, what would be the reasoning? Because it wasn't flat out said what the reasoning would be. Yeah. And I think that he took it as to off himself. But I don't even see how they would get it to him because they don't. They're not allowed to move. Nobody even brings them food or anything. Yeah. So. Exactly. That's not a possibility unless they suddenly start giving them food. Yeah. No, you're right. And then, um, and the lights never turn off. It was pure, it was, uh, pure darkness. And he still. Wait, you said the lights never turn off. It was pure darkness. Yeah. It was all. If the lights never turn off. Oh, sorry. It was a place with no darkness. It was pure lightness. I'm sorry. I was. I was putting in like where I was just. I I I was like kind of summarizing these two sentences, and I was putting all the words together. Um, and so he had no idea where he was, and it's cute because he like was trying to figure out like gravitational wise, like, um, do I feel like lighter? Am I like up in the air, like like in a tall building, or do I feel closer to the ground? Am I like 10 feet below the surface in like um, tunnel. a tunnel or yeah a cave or something I thought that was funny because I I, don't know, I wouldn't have thought of that but after you've been in yeah. like that for so long you don't know if it's daylight if it's nighttime if it's anything you, you probably would start doing things like that well especially he hasn't eaten or drank anything he probably is sleep deprived yeah and because you know of what? the lights on constantly yeah so he's just like sitting there staring at everybody the most exciting thing was this woman that came and throwing up everywhere <laughs> like nothing's really happened you know They're yeah just, just hop it off 
how I said, oh, it sounded pretty having the white porcelain walls. Yeah. Well, they probably did that to fuck with them even more because of the lights and then the white walls. That's going to be even brighter in there. That's what I was thinking. Like yeah, when you no. go um, snowboarding, you get snow blind. Yeah. They're probably like porcelain blind. And that way it reflects back and forth more. And if it's sparkly, uh, it's going to be like glistening in your eyes. Yup. That's did- not good. I just finished watching a movie called Awake on Netflix. Have you seen it? Awake? I don't think so. I think it just came out, and it has um, Gina Rodriguez in it, Jane the Virgin, the chick from Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, they have to, like, they something happens, and they can't go to sleep. Like, the whole world can't. It's like an op- um like an apocalypse. Op- Optical illusion? No. When the world... You're trying to say? When the world ends, the... Apocalypse? Yes. An apocalyptic movie. And no one can go to sleep and so they go through like what happens like day four with no sleep your brain starts to swell and so yeah all this day four yeah what about in alaska they they can still sleep it's just light outside (laughs) yeah i know i know i know they don't go through months because they have times where there it's it's always light or no yeah no still put like blinds in their windows yeah they do the blackouts just like us taking a nap in the day but um that's true yeah Yeah. i just thought of alaska (laughs) well because that's the only place i can think of that's like that i'm sure other places yeah for sure (laughs) um and so there was a so back to the book he um there was a sound of marching there you go (laughs) the steel door opened with a clang and a young officer a trim black uni black uni oh my goodness is he uniformed uniformed what am i even trying to say Jim black uniform figure who seemed to glitter all over with polished leather and whose pale straight feature face was like a wax, wax mask stepped smartly through the doorway <laughs> I like I don't know I like the way that that George Orwell like um, writes sometimes it's so um, like descriptive and yeah gets really into it so he he motioned to the guards outside to bring in the prisoner they were leading the poet ample forth shambled into the cell the door clanging shut again so now he has another friend ample forth which i don't remember hearing that name before i don't either but he worked in the records department with him that's what I'm thinking. And whether it was with him or he just knew of him. So maybe yeah. he never actually knew him. But he was he was in charge of um, rewriting all the poetry. Yeah. And the reason why he got in trouble, which is, like, so interesting, is that um, he had said, Oh, Smith, you too? And then, and then Winston's like, Well, what are you in for? And he says, I'll tell you the truth. There's only one offense, is there not? And then Winston's like, Have you done it? And he said, Apparently... And he literally says, if they say I did it, I must have done it. Was it, That was Ampleforth that said that, right? Well, yeah, because the thing is, is they are going to force you into confession with torture anyway. So there's no point in even trying to say you're innocent because they're going to get it out of you eventually. Oh, and you know what that... Yeah. So... Um, 
it just people yeah people just go with it they're like well yeah why else would they why else would they arrest me as if they're not going to arrest an innocent person you know they just go with it so i apparently ampleforth allowed the word god to remain at the end of a line and he was like i couldn't help it there's only 12 the the last he needed to change the poem to remove god or remove whatever it was supposed to mean and he said i was trying to rhyme a word with rod and there's only 12 words that we have left that rhyme with rod i had to leave it in there was no other rhyme and it just like how frustrating is that you're just trying to do your job and then you get in trouble for not changing it correctly and now he's pretty much sentenced to death but god is a forbidden word yeah that's another weird thing um, and so then when it's like, do you know what time it is? And he's, he's an ample forth is like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm just the same as you. Yeah, there's no time there. No. And then all of a sudden, and what's interesting is that the telescreen hasn't yelled at them at all. And then all of a sudden they, the telescreen yells at them to be silent, but they got through like a good, like five, 10 minute conversation. And I'm wondering if it's because the telescreen is trying to get information. I or feel like everyone's trying to get information. They were on break or something. <laughs> like, they, right? the, whoever was supposed to be monitor, monitoring that screen was, like, stepped away for a minute. Yeah. So then, all of a sudden, someone comes in and takes Ampleforth to room 101. And then, all of a sudden, Parsons walks in the cell. Hmm. Parsons, Remember Parsons, the yeah. neighbor? Yeah. So then now he's like, you're here to, like, what the fuck? Why is everybody coming they through? Everyone. They have everyone. And, um, and apparently when, um, Parsons is in for a thought crime. And I'm like, dude, I bet that his kids did it. His kids, his little bratty fucking snot no seven and nine year old kids who are part of the young achieving thought police people. Because remember, Parsons. Well, they're, they're part of the, the spies. The yeah, the spies, spies. That's it. Junior League spies. And remember, Parsons was a really good stand up guy or whatever. He was all part of it. And he's the one that says, You don't think the party would arrest an innocent man, do you? And I'm like. Yeah, I do think that they would, like, why wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. And then we find out that Parsons did a thought crime in his sleep by mumbling down with Big Brother in his sleep. So this isn't even a real thought crime. It's like a sleep crime. Yeah. You know, it's like talking in your sleep crime. And then Winston's like, well, who denounced you? And she, he says, it was my little daughter fucking tool like I already yeah. like knew that yeah. she listened at the keyhole heard what I was saying and nipped off to the patrols the very next day pretty smart for a nipper of seven eh I don't bear her any grudge for it. in fact I'm proud of her it shows I brought her up in the right spirit anyway what the fuck well he's that's all how about brainwashed it. yeah it's just so insane that's how brainwashed they are like how is that even possible I'm irritated with Parsons I kind of had a feeling that those kids would someday turn him in. We talked about it. Yeah. I would never want kids in this, like, timeline, ever. It would be horrible. They would just keep turning you in. Like, why would you even want to have junior spies in your house? You wouldn't. No, and then also you can't really, like enjoy your children because you're just constantly going to think that they're against you. Yeah, it's like having snitches in your house 24-7. They'd have to get stitches. <laughs> <laughs>
So then Parsons goes to use the bathroom and out of like courtesy because the fucking they're in jail. So the toilet is in the same room. There's no not a separate room. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they they just see each other peeing as like a courtesy. Um, Winston covers his face mm-hmm. and then the telescreen yells at them. No faces covered in the cells. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Parsons was removed. And then more prisoners came in and went went out mysteriously, one at a time. And one woman, one per woman was uh, sent to room 101. And she seemed to shrivel and turn a different color when she heard the words. So whatever room 101 is, it's like bad juju shit. It's like there must be doing like some experimental shit. I think 101 is a torture room where they get you to confess everything. That has to be it. And if you won't confess, they're just going to keep torturing you until you... And then throw you back in the cell and then take other people. And then that's why probably people who don't come back, they probably just give up everything right away and then they that's it they get their confessions they don't have to go back they probably just get rid of them meaning kill them yeah i don't know so so you think they just like kill them right away like just they get the confessions and then they're done i think that they probably like they're in the holding cell or whatever they take them to 101 do whatever they do there. If they do not confess to whatever they want them to confess to, they take them back and then they ro- keep rotating, you know, the people. That's why some people are there for weeks because they've never broke. They haven't been broken yet. Wow. You know? And then when they finally break you, I don't think you go back to the area that wins. We'll say like holding cell where Winston is and the others. I think that they either take you to another place where it's like, okay, now you've confessed. Now you're in the next phase. Maybe they don't kill you right then and there, but it's like another area before they publicly hang you or whatever they're going to do. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like it's like a process. And if you don't confess, then they have to keep putting you back with the other people, the other um, inmates, and they're already not feeding you, so you're already starving. Yeah. And then on top of already starving, you can't communicate with anyone. You just have to sit there motionless, and it's probably pretty hard for them to sit still because you got to think that if they are not eating and they're sleep-deprived, they're probably in a lot of pain. Like, your muscles would start, like, you know cramping and different lack of water and different things would happen that you probably just almost shake just with pain but it's like you can't even shake because they'd tell you to stop moving yeah you can't fall asleep they probably tell you to wake up yeah like, for sure because they want you to be like sitting up and all that yeah yeah cause you can't well it is prison so they don't want you to be comfortable either but this is takes it to a new extreme yeah but even like our prisons like you're allowed to sleep and stuff yeah like, so, um, so a man came in and he was dying of starvation and Winston remembered the piece of bread that might be in his pocket, tried to give him the piece of bread and instead the telescreen screen yelled at the starving man and said, let it, let the, the piece of bread fall on the floor. 
And the man who, like, had no meat left on him, like, he was just skin and bones, obeyed it and dropped his, um, hit the piece of bread, which I would have been like, fuck it, and shoved it in my mouth really quickly. Like, what are they going to do? Worse than what they've already did. Yeah. Then they beat up the old man. They came in, was beating on the old man, and then someone was like, room 101, and, like, I'm still like, what the fuck is this place? And then... Um, the starvation, starving old man says, comrade officer, you don't have to take me to that place. Haven't I already told you everything already? What else do you want? Is it you want to know? There's nothing I wouldn't confess. Nothing. Just tell me what it is and I'll confess it straight off. Write it down and I'll sign it. Anything not room 101. And the officer's like, no, you're going. And then he said, do anything to me. You've been starving me for weeks. Finish it off and let me die. Shoot me, hang me, sentence me to 25 years. Is there somebody else you want me to give away? Just say who it is and I'll tell you anything you want. I don't care who it is or what you do to them. I've got a wife and three children. The biggest of them isn't six years old. You can take the whole lot of them and cut their throats in front of my eyes, and I'll stand by and watch it, but not room 101. Okay. Yeah. So I thought at first when I was reading the sentence that he was saying, I've got a wife and kids. Like, I've got a wife to take care of, kids to take care of. Not, I've got a wife and kids to give you to kill because and murder in front of me. room 101 is so bad that he would rather see his wife and kids with their throat slit in front of him then go back to room 101 and that kind of debunks my theory that once you go to room 101 yeah and then you confess everything they they move you to the next because phase. he's already been he's, he's already, already confessed, confessed stuff. yeah so, so it doesn't worse than that it's so crazy you can confess everything they want you to confess and they're still gonna take you to room 101 yeah so he, he he goes to room 101. He's been, he begs and begs and begs. And then, um, and I have a question. Like, Winston is always alone. He never really moves. He doesn't move. He's only, this is only the second room he's been in. And he never moves. He's been there for at least four days, it sounds like. Yeah. Three, four days. Never moves. Everyone else is coming and going, coming and going. Why doesn't he move? They haven't taken him there yet. Yeah. They're, maybe they're waiting to, like, break him down because they know that he's going to be, like, he's well, going to be strong-willed. So maybe they're trying to get him as weak as possible. They Maybe that's what they do is they starve you a bunch first. So when they take you to room 101, you can't fight back whatever they do to you because you're so weak. Yeah. That might be, maybe he's not starved enough yet. So. He's not weak enough. Right? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that some people, they can tell, like, oh, it doesn't matter. You'll, um, they'll, they'll, they'll confess everything, like, really quick. And we don't need to, like, starve them as much. But they probably think that maybe Winston won't confess as easily. He, they won't be able to break him as easy. So then, who walks in the fucking door? Oh, Brian. <laughs> O'Brien comes in and, and Winston says, oh, my God, they got you, too. And he goes, oh, they got me a long time ago. And then Winston stood there a little um, dumbfounded, probably, because all of a sudden O'Brien says, you knew this, Winston. Don't deceive yourself. You did know it. You have always known it. And that is when we find out that O'Brien is freaking bad and he is on the thought police side. And so everything that he has been doing has been, like, to get information and to turn Winston in. And that's how he 
knew about Mr. Charrington. Maybe Mr. Charrington isn't bad. Maybe they threatened Mr. Charrington and was like, if you don't turn him in, then we're going to take you. Oh, that's a qu- yeah, that's a good possibility. Because I trust Mr. Charrington more than O'Brien. And O'Brien, he, he could have caught wind that... Winston was thinking that the brotherhood was real, mm-hmm. so he tested him by sending him that piece of paper, and maybe that was, like, all just a fake thing. Yeah. Just to see if Winston, what Winston was thinking. Or Mr. Charrington and O'Brien have done this before with many other people, letting them stay there to get information, and then when the time is right, go in there with the thought police SWAT team, whatever, <laughs> and yeah. arrest them. Maybe, but it seems like so much work to just get two people. But maybe yeah. they ended up getting more people throughout the process of it because Winston did have a lot of interactions, and we don't know what happened to, like, the prostitute with the white face. Yeah. And, like, all these other people that he could have had interactions with. Either way, O'Brien is rat and slime ball, and Yeah, so there's another plot twist that we didn't see coming at all. Yeah, and then after Winston gets that thrown on him by O'Brien, the reality check, he gets basically beat up by the guard. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they and he's and he literally is like the nothing in the world was so bad as physical pain. In the face of pain, there are no heroes. No heroes. He thought over and over as he writhed on the floor, clutching uselessly at his disabled left arm. And I love how George Orwell always finishes each part with like like um, not a plot twist, but like some sort of like words of wisdom or like thought provoking. Yeah. Like a thought provoking quote. Yeah. And it happens all like ninety eight percent of the time with these. So now his left arm is probably broken or fractured. Yep. And that's where it leaves us with O'Brien's probably thinking like, who can he trust? Like what the fuck? Yeah. No that's one. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. What about Julia? Nope. Can't trust anybody. Mm-mm. So. Okay, well, that is our book for our chapter... Three. Three, part <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, And part one. we have five more parts to go, and then we have the afterward and the movie review. I can't wait to see how the movie matches up with the book. And it'll yeah. be really fun to see all, like, the graphics. I'm excited to watch the movie. And who, like, who plays Winston and who plays Julia and, and how this what all they goes look down. like. Yeah. I, we have them pictured, like, in our minds based on what the book describes, but to actually see see them it's gonna be and what about all the little kids and stuff you and know assholes little yeah spies I wonder if it's even gonna be set in America it might not even be a, an American movie it could be cause I feel like a lot of those movies are set in other countries like in like oh uh, like Europe. dubbed do you think it could be dubbed mm, maybe. maybe I don't know dubbed. oh that'd be annoying <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it I is. love. I've, never I love it I've never either, but I love. Um, like I love telenovelas. Like yeah. I just started one right now. Do you think we'll be able to find the movie? 
Yeah, it has to be somewhere. Yeah, we'll yeah. find it. We have to find it. Yeah. I think that I've seen it on Amazon. So if anything, we'll have to like buy it and like find um, a DVD player. I think I have one at home still hooked up. DVD? Oh my gosh, we're really taking it back. We might even have to find like a VHS. Go to my mother's house. She has VHS players. I don't know. Wow. Okay, well, I was hoping we can stream it on Netflix or something. It was too, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening, and thank you for all of our fantastic followers. You guys have been absolutely amazing, and... Don't forget to share, like, subscribe, listen, and follow. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.